Howdy, y'all. My name's Brady Pointer, and this is The Point. Got another show for you here this week. Gonna talk some Mavs basketball, a little bit of Rangers baseball, and a new little, new little, um, little segment I'm starting out today. It's called What's the Point? Um... I hopefully you can uh, understand where the tie-in comes to because the name of the show is The Point. It'll kind of be just, you know, one out, oh, a little little story I find, maybe one or two stories. Just got one today. Just me wondering, what the hell are you doing? Why did you do that? So, anyway, we're going to start the show off with a quick Mavs hit. Now, I don't know if you saw last night. I didn't because my stupid work schedule. I've got to get up at 3 a.m. every day to go to work. And I have to go to bed. At certain times, and I was not able to see this. Um, Luca hit some s- ridiculous shot that I'm a floater, lunging floater from the three-point line at the buzzer to beat the Grizzlies last night. Absolutely insane. I mean, it's the only type of shit that he can do. Like, like I saw um, Stephen A. Smith said it was luck, and that make there's a little bit of luck that goes into a lot of game-winning shots, but. And you know, I think there was luck that went into this one too just because of how absurd it was. But, I mean, there's a lot of skill and talent that went into this as well because Luca was, like, at a 50, 55-60 degree angle to the floor. I mean, the dude was leaning forward, lunging forward, and, like, floated it up into the air and it went, and it went straight through the hoop. And the, the touch that requires, the body control that requires to not just launch the ball that's going with your body the the way you can the the touch that is required to control the ball and get it to where you want it to be even though your body is doing something completely different is absolutely insane i don't know if there's anyone in the league that could hit that type of shot uh and it but it, and it just goes and it just kind of goes into all the crazy shots and, and shit that Luca does pregame and all the dumb stuff that he does and just the lobs and um, you know the, the, the long half-court shots and the shots from weird angles. and It's just what he does. And he has a knack for finding the bottom of the net. And it's just, it you know, the great ones have that knack. And Luca's a great one. And so it's, it's just what, it's just... It's just something that winners have about them. And you can't explain it. You can't put your finger on it. But there's just that that gene, that whatever they have that went, that this, that allows them to do these things that no one else can do. Because I don't know if there's a Steph, maybe, just because of the range and the touch he has from three. But it to, to basically a three-point floater while your body is taking you towards the rim it, from the three-point. I mean, it's just absolutely insane. The types of shit he can do. And I'm so, so, so mad. So mad I missed it. I hate this work schedule. I've got to get this fixed. I cannot be missing things like this. I cannot be missing things like this. But I mean, outside of Luca, the, the KP did pretty good. KP at 21, I believe. Um, outside the other starters didn't really help out that much. You know, Dorian Finney-Smith only shot 3 for 8 from the field. Maxi was 3 for, three, three for 11. Josh Richardson went three for nine. The bench was a real big help, though. Uh, J.J. Redick went three or four from three, so you like to see that. That's why he's there, to make threes. Keep shooting, J.J. Thank you. Uh, and I just still can't get over that shot. I mean, the dude, was, the, dude was under, the dude was under the rim, essentially, when the ball went through the bottom of the net. So that just goes to show you how much his momentum was taking him forward in this 
and to still have the control, the finesse to get the ball into the net. Insane. Love it. Love it. Uh, so, you know, Dallas, you know, and Dallas really needed this win. They, they couldn't afford to drop three straight, uh, especially at this stretch of the schedule. You know, they, they beat the Bucks and then they go and lose to San Antonio on a buzzer, on a last second shot by DeMar DeRozan. That was a heartbreaker. Uh, but once again, you know, San Antonio's a lesser team. You got to beat teams like that. And Dallas has a tendency to play down to their, ta- to, down to teams that are below them. And like they did against San Antonio, like um, like I have a fear they might do against you know the upcoming games against the Knicks or the Kings, and so it's just something Dallas needs to avoid doing in this stretch because they can you know, they can win these next three games. You know they've got they've got a game against the Knicks, Kings, and they've got a game against the Pistons. All three of those games are very winnable games. I don't see any reason why Dallas does not go three and zero in these next few games. I there's not a single reason at all. The only reason I could think of happening would be if. Like, they want to sit KP, or they want to sit Luka. And like I've said in my past two podcasts, this is not the time for that shit. Don't sit your stars. You need to play them. You need to play them. This is that time. This is that time. So, and it's a good opportunity. They're one game back from Portland still. You want to really, really need to get out of that play-in tournament. Really want to can guarantee um, your spot in the playoffs. Don't want to leave it up to one game or two games, however, how they're still going to do that. the format of that tournament. So, really want to secure your secure your own destiny here and get out of that seventh spot and in that sixth or fifth spot because outside after Portland is the Lakers and the Lake the Lakers are three and a half games up on Dallas and you know, Dallas has two very very big games coming up against LA after this three game set against the Knicks Kings and Pistons and then after the Pistons they come back home they got two home games against the Lakers and I can't you know I just said they're three the Lakers are three and a half games up so I can't I, I don't think I need to stress how important those games are for this Dallas Mavericks team um really want to see them go out and win those games because especially the team's probably not going to have LeBron Anthony Davis is a maybe uh, I think over the weekend there was a report or March or April 10th excuse me April 10th or 11th or reports are coming out that AD was about two weeks away uh that two week mark is Right there at those, right there at those games, the twenty fourth and twenty fifth would be like the two week mark, and I think the Mavericks play the Lakers the twenty second and the twenty fourth of this month. So he's right there at that two week mark. We'll see what the Lakers do. They are they are acting in an abundance of caution, is what they've said with AD because they want him healthy for the playoffs, and of course they're going to be doing the same thing with LeBron because he's out. So. Yeah, it, it really just goes to see. I really want to see what the Lakers are going to do here. Don't know if they're going to keep him out for a little bit longer. They want to get him back in the lineup. Um, my fantasy team would like to have AD playing basketball again, so that would be nice. But because uh, he's just been wasting away on my IR for since middle of February. But anyway, uh, and with with how Dow, you know, with how Dallas plays down to talent. You know, I mean, now that team is still pretty decent. They got Montrezl Harrell, they got Andre Drummond. You know, they've got players um, that would cause matchup problems for Dallas. You know, I think you know with the the physicality and the rebounding and the the interior defense and um, that that they would display with that squad, even without Anthony Davis and LeBron, it still would be kind of a tough matchup for Dallas, just because um, teams that are a bit more physical and bigger than Dallas, Dallas struggles against them because they don't rebound the ball very well and they tend to have some issues defending the interior. So I think if Dallas would need Dallas will need to come out aggressively defensively and really need to attack the boards if they want to um, 
be competitive against the Lakers, even if they don't have Anthony Davis. If they do have Anthony Davis, then of course that changes things. That makes things a little bit tougher. But of course, but you know, like I was saying, Dallas plays down to their talent. So you would figure, you know, it goes against conventional wisdom. But you think maybe if Anthony Davis is in, Dallas is going to go out there and play really good basketball. You know, I mean, as they should every single night, every night, go out there and play good basketball. I don't understand why you take games off and go out there and play well the next night. It just does not. It does not compute with me. It does not compute. So, anyway, Mavericks are still playing decent basketball. You know, really, 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 really want to see them pull out three straight wins here against these next few games. Uh, the Knicks are probably the tougher of the three, of the three opponents, but uh, definitely don't want to see them drop a game here in these next three. You want to get a nice four-game win streak going in before you face the Lakers. And that, that series will be humongous, no matter if Anthony Davis is playing or not. Moving on, baseball. Well, Texas Rangers... Little news, little action here, little baseball. They won two straight. Yep, that's called a winning streak. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, it is. They beat the Rays last night, five to one. Beat them the night before, eight to three. Starting pitching's been pretty solid over the past four games. I think their ERA over the past four just starting pitchers is .68. Very good. Even if that, even in that loss in the first game, first game of the series against Tampa Bay, they lost one nothing. The game before that, lost two nothing. I mean, you can't. You can't ask for more for the pitch from your pitching staff, allowing two, you know, two runs and then one run. You, know, you got the got to have the offense step up. You know, the offense took a dive against uh, San Diego, and that that San Diego series was, you know, what this team looks like when they're at their worst with bad pitching, no hitting. Man, they got no hit. They got no hit. I mean, that was ridiculous. I I, I was so mad when I when I was when I saw that. I was so so upset when I saw my team get no hit. I was so so mad. So in the off, and that's what that this is what this team looks like. They go to that San Diego series. That's you want to see the team at their worst, their trashiest point. Go watch them against San Diego. You want to see see the team at their best point. Watching these last couple games. I mean, so where's Texas going to land in the middle there? You know, they were at their worst. Then they looks like they're playing their best baseball right now. We don't really know what this is their best baseball, but it's pretty good looking baseball to me. So you know, where's that? Where's the Rangers going to land in that point? You know, in the, in in the, in there. You know, where are they going to find their consistency? Somewhere in the middle? Are they going to be you know, one of the worst off teams in the league? Are they going to start playing you know, playing consistent like this the whole season? Personally, I don't think they will. I think they'll eventually start trending down, and they'll find their they'll find their consistency point, and it'll be uh, probably a below average team in the league. But you know, when you're getting you know seven innings. Uh, out of Kyle Gibson, we're getting seven innings out of Fulton you know, On that last game against San Diego, he went seven. Uh, Kohei Arihara went five and two-thirds yesterday. So when you starting pitchers going deep, that's going to help your bullpen. That's going to help any team out. You, you, you're never gonna, you're hardly ever going to see negative results from your pitchers going five, six, seven innings deep unless, you know, they get through the lineup third or fourth time and the lineup starts hitting on them. But, you know, that's a different thing. You, if your pitchers can go deep in the game, it's, it's normally going to help your team out. It's going to help out your bullpen. Uh, and the Rangers, they have a, you know, Brett Martin came back, being still missing Jonathan Hernandez. He's going to be gone for the season. Turns out he does need Tommy John surgery. Like I said, Jose, Jose LeClerc's gone for the year. So, you know, this this team's bullpen is kind of thin with some injuries and not a whole lot of talented arms. So they need, so this starting pitching staff needs to be able to go deep in games. And, you know, even if it is that tag team, tag team uh, tandem thing they got going on, I believe in the first game of this series against Tampa Bay, they threw out Dane Dunning for the first four innings and then they brought in Taylor Hearn for three innings after that. So, you know, that's kind of what they mean by that tandem thing because both of those play, both of those are starting pitchers. So Taylor Hearn can come in and start um, any game. So I think that's what, Texas is going for in that tandem looking at you know and it result and they didn't win they won lost one nothing but 
You know, it's because the offense was looking pretty pitiful. This la- those last few games in San Diego, and then or last few games against San Diego, and then this the first game against Tampa Bay, offense wasn't there. But then it came on um, these last couple games. You know, they've scored 13 runs in two games. So, uh, you know, you seem to find you know, find that level of consistency. Where's this team gonna land? You know, are they? You know, it's just and it's really early to see. But you see what they look like when they're playing good baseball, and you see what they look like when they're playing bad baseball already. And we're you know. 12 games into the season. So, and of course, you know, things are going to change. Injuries are going to happen. I think the Astros are half, you know, a bunch of their few, few of their good players are in health of COVID, COVID protocols. And I think I heard the, the Angels lost, Angels lost somebody to injury pretty recently. I cannot remember who it was, but I know the Andrews, Angels had a pretty bad injury um, pretty recently. So, you know, never, never hope for those things. But if you're the Rangers, those are things you kind of have to look at and take advantage of. And you know, if if and I said earlier, if, if Texas wanted to be good this year, wanted to compete, they were going to need you know some things like this to happen to other teams. And it's just how the game goes. You know, Texas had their rash of injuries in spring training before the season even started. So it's not like Texas has been without, um, has been without the injury bug because they've already had it. And I'm sure they might continue to face a couple more injuries, as any does as, as does does any MLB team in a 162 game season. This season is so long; players get burnt out, they get tired, their bodies wear down, and they just get hurt. It just happens. So we'll see how that goes. But you know, they play. Uh, they got another game against Tampa Bay tonight on ESPN Plus. If you don't have ESPN Plus, I would recommend getting it. ESPN Plus is awesome. Uh, Anyway, this, then they go another three-game set against the Orioles. That's another chance to win some ball games. And then, first divisional matchup, the next series, next three-game series, they'll travel to L.A., take on the Angels. So, we'll see what happens there. That'll be a fun matchup to watch. It'll be, like I said, the first divisional matchup for the Rangers. And I'm still excited about this baseball season. I'm missing baseball last year was just nah, not the same. It was weird, and I didn't pay much attention to it last year. 62 game season was just not it's just not enough it was a giant giant asterisk next to that season for sure sorry Dodgers but your your championships got an asterisk next to it because you only played 62 games anyway now I'm going to move on to my next segment my new segment called uh, what's the point and I pick out a story I said in my beginning pick out a story on why did you do this what the hell were you thinking and what I'm wondering today is what's the point of fighting in a professional athlete I've never seen. I mean, I, I think I saw a video a couple day a couple weeks ago of a former def, NFL defensive lineman. He was in Walmart and he got into a fight with some random the, the dude and the dude beat his ass. the The NFL the former NFL lineman got I can't remember his name for he got his ass beat got knocked out. And but you know that's a former player whatever. But okay, so the story I came across I'm sure a lot of you heard of it. Aaron Donald was engaged in a fight over the weekend. At a club in Pittsburgh. Aaron Donald won the fight. As you can imagine. Because Aaron Donald is. I mean he's not huge. But the man is all muscle. And all speed. So. According to. The report I read. This man named DeVincent Spriggs. Is now filing a criminal complaint. Has filed a criminal complaint. Against Aaron Donald. For assault. Spriggs is attorney. Todd Hollis said that Spriggs has a concussion. Now listen, listen, listen to this list of injuries here. A concussion. His arm is in a sling. 
16 different stitches, and his eye is swollen shut. And, and among various other severe injuries, that is what the lawyer said. Was this man in a fight or a car accident? Now, where do you get off thinking that you can just fight Aaron Donald? My thought process is, according according to the report I read, the, the dude bumped into Donald and the attack was unprovoked and Donald just unleashed on him. That does not seem like Aaron Donald to me. Aaron Donald seems like a pretty calm, collected dude off the field. And when he's on the field, he's there to rip your head off 100%. And that's fine. Off the field, he seems like a pretty chill demeanor type of guy. So I don't, you know, I'm not sure I believe that necessarily. And I also think that this guy probably, you know, however the incident went down, I'm not going to speculate on how it went down, but I guarantee you this guy saw... This guy saw 6-1. I've seen the pictures of the dude, DeVincent Spriggs, and he's not a small man. He probably saw Aaron, thought, saw Aaron's like 6-1. Aaron's not a big dude. But Aaron Donald pushes, pushes around dudes bigger than him for a living. And he does it well, and he wins a lot of the time. So this man probably thought, oh, I could take this 6-1. I mean, he might be buff, but he's 6-1. I could take him. No, you can't. Your face got used as a speed bag, bud. I guarantee you Aaron does not look like that, I, barren, I wouldn't be surprised if Donald was untouched, because the man trained was, trains with knives, like, his trainer, whoever the hell he's with, is, like, trying to stab Aaron Donald, and Donald is swatting them away, pretending like he's trying to keep the offensive of lineman's hands from punching him, and getting his hands on his chest, I mean, the man is willing to get stabbed to play the game of football, you think your hands are gonna do anything to him? I, yeah, that guy probably did not get a hand on Donald, and I'm sure that I'm sure Donald landed like five punches before the guy even knew what was up. And I'm not saying Aaron Donald's some type of professional fighter here, but it's just that what Donald does for a living, his his job is to keep people's hands off of him, and his job is to move you if you're in front of him. It, 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 I would imagine he'd probably do pretty well in a fight against almost anyone, just by what he does naturally for a living. So. Yeah, that guy is busted up. Vincent De Vincent Spriggs got busted up. Picked picked the wrong fight. Picked the wrong guy. Probably one of the worst business decisions of De Vincent's life. So what's the exact back to it? What's the point of fighting a professional athlete? There is none. Um, honestly, he probably didn't realize who the hell he was fighting at the time, you know, happens at clubs, you know, I've been around, and I've seen some things, and people get testy when they get bumped into at clubs, you know, if you bump into the wrong person, you could, you could get into a fight, like, I, it happens, now, that's believable, but I don't think Aaron Donald is the type of person to just pop off on someone because they bumped into him at a club, because that's what happens at clubs, you're probably gonna get bumped into, they're typically crowded, so going off and fighting the first person that does bump into you is probably not the best idea because chances are it was just an accident. Now, if the dude bumped into Donald and like continued to bump into him and then turned around and told Donald to watch out and you know, I can imagine that happening. But, you know, if then if it does turn out that Donald went and attacked this guy straight up, then we'll go from, we'll cross that bridge when we come to. But that doesn't take away from the fact that this dude was busted up bad. So Note to self, avoid Aaron Donald at all costs and do not fight professional athletes. And don't even challenge them to their own sport. Don't even do that either, okay? Because you will get waxed there too. I saw a video 
uh, some kids, it was a couple months, a month or two, whatever. And a couple kids challenged, a kid challenged the Brian Scalabrini to a damn one-on-one match. Got smoked 11-11-0. Like, come on, kid, what did you think? Like, I think the kid knew who he who Scalabrini was at the time. And, yeah, and the kid got smoked. Not even close. It don't matter how good, you could be bad in the league, but you'd walk into any wreck, any Y, any park, park, court and you would mop the floor with any kid that um, oh my god yeah so even if you're bad at your sport professionally that person would demolish you in any type of amateur setting anytime any place anywhere quit challenging professional athletes at fights or what they do for a living you will not win you will not win so that's it for the point uh kind of enjoyed that new little segment there Hopefully bring it back there pretty soon. Thanks for listening and like and subscribe. See y'all next time.